Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. guys yo what's up where you been today oh he's where you been in Kendall he's been in Kendall (laughs) oh yes man y'all Kendall has been on fire you know I mean wow man I, I love our Kendall campus location and man God is just doing some amazing amazing things in Kendall I heard a story that I don't have time to tell you, but a story came out of Kendall today of someone's life being completely transformed. I don't have time, but I got to stick to what I'm doing here because I get distracted. Um, listen, God is doing something crazy at Brave Church, y'all. I'm so glad that you're here. So glad that you're a part of what God is doing. And um, if this is your first time to Brave, I just want to say welcome. Come on, let's give it up for all of our first time guests. And- Yes, and um, man, we're so glad that you're here, and um, I just want to give it up for all of our people that this is not your first time, and, and let's give it, all, give it up for all of our, 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 our people that have, man, just that serve this place. Man, people have been serving all day, and come on, let's give it up strong, man. I mean, people have been serving, and people have been standing in the parking lot and people have been in kids environments and in the nursery and production and setup. you guys in production i love you guys thank you for serving with excellence and our host teams and um man youth leaders in the room all of our youth leaders worship team band you guys are incredible phenomenal translators we have translation and all of them and greeters and people that make the coffee you know what i mean truly brave church is a church and we're only here because of those of you who serve and that you just give and so i just want to say thank you for big stories already coming out of time and your treasure thank you those of you who took the 90 day tithe challenge so many stories already coming out of that that um god's just showing up big come on everyone say big pig and um, pushing vision forward thank you for preaching back thank you for being here early thank you for staying late thank you for parking far and sitting close come on this is just who you are this is our culture man and and i just want to say thank you for 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 making church fun how many of you know church should always be fun should be a place that we should we should be and um, every once in a while i'm just going to celebrate you with those declarations because um man i just i want to speak to the the, the church that you are and and um, you know what I, I always told God that I never want to be a pastor first of all it's funny because I was telling someone earlier like I never had the ambition to be a pastor I didn't want to be a pastor um, some people have like a dream like I want to be a pastor that was not me um, and, and I was in business and did well in business and it was just not my wasn't my thing wasn't I didn't feel like it was my calling and God chased me down and convinced me of it and uh, and I love it but one of the things when I told God when when I knew that God wanted me to be a pastor and I said God I'll do it number one is um, I, I want to be the kind of pastor that can get married first of all come on somebody you know can we just keep it real at the fire service you know and so God's like yeah that's okay and um, and, and then I was like the other thing is I don't want to be a pastor of a dead boring church come on somebody you know and um <laughs> and so it's crazy how the six o'clock service formed because like this wasn't even supposed to happen y'all and look around like this place is packed out and um and and so like 
but we needed more room. And so we started a six o'clock service and it was really small at first, but then all of a sudden, like some fire caught on, you know, and, and, and some people got fired up about the six and then the six all of a sudden became this, this service that people were talking about. And, and then someone branded it. It wasn't even me. Someone called it one time I was walking in the lobby and I heard someone said, man, the six o'clock is like the fire service. And I was like, Ooh, I like that. So if we're going to do church at night in Miami, come on, it's got to be the Fuego service, you know? And, and, um, and so six o'clock, we are in Fuego. Come on. In el nombre de Jesus. Come on. Watch out. Watch out. We're getting. Ayúdame, Señor. Wait a minute, let me get there. Y'all are crazy tonight. Let me get to the dolphins when I get to the dolphins. <laughs> Y'all just threw me off. I don't even know what I'm just gonna say right now. Let's just go to the scripture real quick and then we'll jump there. Matthew chapter 4. How many of you know, like, reading the Bible in church is always a good thing. Um, Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, and then I'm going to give you the title. I'm going to tell you what we're going to be talking about. And you just need to get ready. Come on, touch somebody next to you and say, get ready. Get ready, get ready. Come on, come on, look at the person next to you that you just ignored. High five them and say, oh my Lord, it's about to drop in this place. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 says this from there he speaking of jesus he went all over galilee and he used synagogues like churches like brave church for mission in my heart that, that i don't ever want to teach you anything that isn't the truth of god's word you you have to know that if i'm going to teach it here it's going to be straight from god's word we're going to teach the word of god because how many of you know it's the word of god that's going to help you out tomorrow it's the word of god that's going to change your life it is the word of god that's going to transform your situation and He's teaching in the Word of God, and, and his theme, the theme, the theme was, was all about the kingdom or empire. He was teaching about this empire. He was teaching his people. He was teaching like brave church. He's like, you have to understand that, that your life is not just about your life, but your life is about when hundreds of us gather together and we begin to fit together, that together we can make an impact dent in Miami. Together we can push the darkness back in Miami. Together we can bring hope in Miami. Together, listen, you have to understand something, that your life is important and powerful but when you bring oh my god when you bring hundreds together we can take a city for the kingdom of god that is what our prayer has been is i don't want to just be a pastor of another church god help us to raise up a church full of people that are ready to take their city back that are ready come on to take their family back that are ready to take their futures back man so he's like all right y'all we're gonna gather together and i'm gonna give you more than self-help jesus was saying i'm gonna do more than just just, we're just going to do more than have cute church. Come on, we're, we're going to take a kingdom, an empire principle. And your family's going to be blessed. Your church is going to be blessed. Your city is going to be blessed. All be, did you know that, that Miami is blessed because of what's happening in this room right now? And if you don't believe that, you have to understand that when people gather like this, whether you're your faith meter was on low when you walked on the door i'm believing that your faith meter is going to go all the way to full some of you came in and your tank was already full let me tell you something when people gather in this quantity in this city on a sunday night in miami listen we are blessing the city by our faith in this room right now you are some of you didn't even know it but but situations are changing in your home as you're right here right now 
Some of your family members who don't love Jesus and they're far from God, maybe they even laughed at you as you were walking out the door today. But because you are here in a place of faith, things are beginning to shift at your home, in your marriage, in your children. You have kids that they're so far from God, but God is changing things, shifting things. So, so he healed people of their diseases. And I love it. I love, 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 love this. That not only did he heal people of their diseases, but he also heals us of the bad effects of our bad lives. Right? Because anybody remember who you were before you knew Jesus? <laughs> I mean, anybody know, like, the crazy person? Do you remember the crazy person you used to be? Some of y'all are still crazy. <laughs> Some of y'all are saved and crazy. <laughs> and it's a good thing that you're saved because you're crazy. But we need you on the Jesus fence because you're crazy. You know what I'm saying? But, but I love this scripture because it says that not only does he, does he heal the sickness in our bodies, but he heals the bad effects of the bad decisions that we made in our past. Come on, anybody ever made a bad decision in your life? Come on. How about, anybody have like bad side effects from decisions that you made in your past? Come on. Jesus heals that too. That's the power that's in this room right now. Not because I have no power. It, it is not about me. Trust me, I'm the least of people that should even be up here on this stage. God has a sense of humor, y'all. Wow, bro. That was a strong amen, bro. <laughs> He's like, amen, trust me. Look what he goes on to say. And word got around. Because anytime Jesus shows up, word's going to get around. That's why it's so important you take these little invites and start telling people your story. Let the word get around. Start telling people. Don't be ashamed about what God's doing in your life. Well, that's so impolitically correct. We don't talk about politics or religion. Don't put Jesus in the same box with Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Come on. Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord. Somebody at your job needs to know. They just need to know. They just need to know how good your God has been. Come on. So word gets around. And so people brought anybody with an ailment to Jesus whether it was a mental an emotional or a physical need and Jesus healed every single one of their needs I love it that Jesus not only healed the physical needs but he healed the mental and the emotional needs you know why that's so important it's amazing because when someone is physically sick you can see it typically in their body right but some of us came in here tonight and you may be able to see physically, but you are blind spiritually to what God wants to do in your life. Oh, you may have come in here today and you can walk physically, but some of you walked in here physically, but you are paralyzed and crippled spiritually to what God wants to do. And there's something in your past that has paralyzed you. There's something in your past that has crippled you. And because of that, you see other people running into their destiny and you wish you could, but you haven't been able to. But tonight, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are going to declare that God is going to heal every physical need every mental need and every emotional need now here's what i know some of you are here you're here tonight and you're double dipping because you got some of jesus earlier today but you came back because you need a little bit more i'm just encouraging you need to be the one tonight that you just lean in and you press in come on church let's preach back tonight let's stir the atmosphere of faith today let's pray let's pray because these guys are tired y'all tired now nah, we are made for this. Let's go. Jesus, we thank you so much. God, I thank you for my friends that are in this room. God, I thank you that there's not a person in this room that is not supposed to be here. Every person in this room, you had an appointment with them. I believe that on this date, at this time, at this hour, God, before we were even born, Lord, you knew that we would be here and that we would have the opportunity to have an encounter with the living God. Lord, I pray that you would show up and show off tonight. God, I pray that there would not be one person in this room 
that would leave here not completely transformed, not completely convinced of how great you are and how powerful you are in our lives. God, I pray that we would remove every distraction. Come on, right now as you're there, come on, clear your mind. Let tomorrow take care of itself for a moment. Come on, can you just lock in and give God 25 minutes to say, Lord, would you speak to me? Would you download into my spirit? God, have your way tonight. And Lord, we give you praise. And Jesus, I just thank you so much that at halftime it was a tie score and I don't know where we are right now but I pray for the victory against the Indianapolis Colts because the Dolphins are going to heaven in Jesus name amen and amen now listen now if y'all are checking the score during church they're gonna lose now come on now come on lock in lock in um tonight we're, we're continuing our series called empire everyone say empire and essentially what we've been doing is we have been talking about living a life of legacy building a life that matters and that counts anybody here you want your life to really count and matter come on anybody here and and we all do right i mean there's nobody here that would say you know what i really don't care if my life makes a difference in someone else we all want that the problem is is that our empire your life your legacy has come under attack. I don't know if you knew that or not, but you're under attack even right now. Even as you're sitting here, you're under attack. That's why tonight I've titled today's message simply this, Damage Control. Because tonight we have to get control over the damage that has happened in our life. See, if we're not careful, we will let the damage that's been done to us go undealt with. And the longer we don't deal with the damage that's happened in our life, the more authority it has over our lives. Pastor David, what are you talking about? I'm talking about wounds that have happened to us. The reality of it is, is that every single person in this room has been wounded by someone, somehow, somewhere. You've been wounded by things people have done to you. You've been wounded by things people haven't done for you. There are things that people have said about you, texted you, said to you that have hurt you. And people have done things that have hurt you. And there's some of us that we've had people not do things. They didn't show up. They didn't send the text. They didn't keep their word. They didn't keep their promise. They didn't keep their vows. And because of that, we have been wounded by people in our lives. And if we're not careful, those wounds will keep us from being all that God wants us to be. You see, wounds work in a powerful way because the way wounds work is they keep you from being able to go to war. You see, you have to understand that tomorrow morning you're going to war. You're not going to war against people. You're going to war against the enemy of your soul. The Bible says this, that you have a real enemy. His name is Satan. If you don't believe that he's real, you better start believing in him. Because the first step in acknowledging and fighting against your enemy is acknowledging that he's real. And he's coming against your kingdom. He's coming against your empire. He's coming against your legacy. He wants to destroy everything that God wants to build and everything that God has built so we've got to get control of this because how many of you know it's hard to go to war wounded it's hard to move when you're wounded it's hard to be married when you're wounded it's hard to be single when you're wounded it's hard to have kids when you're wounded it's hard to have joy when you're wounded come on it's hard to be happy when you're wounded and many of us carry wounds from our past I wonder if we could just be honest enough at the 6 p.m fuego service to admit that we've been wounded come on anybody here you admit i've been wounded somebody's hurt me because something they did they didn't do we've all been wounded and really what i want to do tonight is take a very really serious subject and try to break it into as practical pieces as i can so that you can leave here and begin to apply some things so that you don't have to let the wounds begin to make war against your destiny I guess what I'm trying to say is that there's, there's this one word that our wounds, if we don't treat our wounds, our, our wounds can, can form this word in our life. Come on, do you have your notes? I want you to write this first word down. It's in your brave guide, your notes. And, and, and what, what I want to do is talk about how there's been damage done to us through our wounds, and it's created this B word. It's a B word. And that word is bitterness. Somebody say bitterness. Bitterness is, is something that it, it starts out as a hurt. We've all been hurt. We've all had somebody hurt us. But a hurt that is left untreated becomes full-on bitterness. Now, here's the thing. Some of us are here, and we don't even know that we're bitter. 
Did you know that bitterness is one of those things? It's kind of like pride. Pride and bitterness are two things that we cannot see in ourselves, But everyone around us can see it. And so bitterness is one of those things that you may be here tonight and you may say, well, Pastor David, I don't even know why you're going there. I'm not bitter. I'm over it. I'm over that thing. I'm over that relationship. I'm over it. I'm not bitter. I don't even know why you're going there. I'm over it. Well, we're about to find out tonight. Come on, somebody. Come on, we're going to go there. Turn to somebody and say, we're going to go there. Come on, we're going to go there. You see, you see, bitterness, bitterness, it starts from a hurt. But the reason why it can grow is because every single person in this room is broken. Did you know that? Oh, oh, I know, sir. You look so tough. And some of y'all, some of y'all live at the gym with me. I see you there. Come on. You know, we, we see each other at the gym all the time. Okay, maybe not. I mean, I, mean, I see your post at the gym. I, mean, I see you at the gym, but, you know, um, and, and sometimes we can, we can try to create, oh, man, this is good. We can try to create an outward appearance that we're hard and we're tough and nothing can get through me and I'm a man and, and I'm a woman. I'm a self-made woman. I'm a self-made man. But at the end of the day, if we can all just be honest, we've all been broken before. In fact, if you're here tonight and you would say, well, I'm not broken. I've never been broken. I come from a good family. It doesn't matter if you come from a good family or a jacked up family. It doesn't matter if you have money or you don't have money. Brokenness is a condition of a sinful state. If you would be here and say that you're not broken and have had brokenness, then you wouldn't need Jesus Christ. The whole reason why Jesus died on the cross for our sins is because humanity was broken and could not put itself back together again. So Jesus came who had never been broken and he said it's going to take something perfect to reach down and heal the imperfect. And when my perfection hits imperfection, bam, I can create something out of them. So we all have brokenness and what happens is when people hurt us in our brokenness if we're not careful number one in your notes i guess if i can encourage you with something today it's simply this don't let your brokenness turn into bitterness because if we're not careful listen our brokenness can turn into bitterness and sometimes in fact many times our our, our bitterness is focused towards someone that hurt us and usually that person who hurt us is a person that's been in authority over us. I mean, think about the people who hurt you. Usually, it's like a boss, a teacher, a coach, a pastor, a mentor, a leader, a supervisor at your job, a professor at your college, someone that you love, someone that you trusted, someone that was... And what happens is sometimes even we will get bitter at God. I talked to a woman this morning who, who literally said that she, she cried this morning because as I'm talking about this she said the person I've been bitter at is God you see the the reality of it is out of our brokenness we can even believe lies about God and we begin to think that God doesn't love us that God doesn't care for us that God must certainly love those people more than he loves me because look at their life and look at my life but let me tell you something out of our brokenness we have to remember that we can be healed that we don't have to live in a broken state we don't have to live in a state of bitterness that tonight is a night that you can get healing for your brokenness i mean many times bitterness comes from this other word would you write this word down in your notes the other word is this simple word that you've probably heard a lot and it's called offense oh man you offended me i'm so offended man i'm so offended you're man i can't believe they said that i can't believe they did that i can't believe they sent me that text message i can't believe that they didn't say hi to me i can't believe that they saw me and they ignored me i can't believe i'm sitting there talking to them and they act like they don't even care well first of all they didn't mean the text the way you read the text they didn't even see you when you said hello they never ignored you they just didn't see you in fact while you were talking to them and you felt like they didn't even care about what you were saying you didn't realize that they were going through hell on earth and they were just trying to figure out their life but they can't fix their life and your life Come on, we just went to university and back all one time. I mean, the reality of it is there's so many times we get offended at people. And, and even, even like secular studies say that many times offense, 90% of things that we're offended at with other people is a misunderstanding. It's a misinterpretation. Anybody ever sent or received a text message and it created offense one way or the other? 
Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Like you sent that text, and as soon as you push send, and like you reread your text, and you're like, oh man, I'm sleeping on the couch tonight, you know? And, and then you get really scared when you see those three little dots pop up and they're responding, you know? And you're like, oh no. The reality of it is every single one of us, we have the propensity to hurt people. What I've realized is this. Number two, write this down in your notes. Come on. We're we're just going to keep going in a little bit further. A little bit further. Come on. Number two is this. We will all get hurt, but you don't have to stay hurt. In fact, there's a scripture that says this, that it is impossible that you can live without being offended. But the reality of it is, is that you cannot help what people will do to you, but you can help how you will allow it to affect you. You see, the reality of it is you have a choice what you'll do with offense. You'll either hold on to it or you'll let it go. You'll hold on to it or you'll let it go. You'll hold on to it or you'll let it go. Let it go. Come on, you know we're going to go there. I mean, my encouragement to you tonight is this. Let it go. You see, we will all get hurt, but you don't have to stay there. Let me say it like this. Kids, your parents are going to hurt you. Parents, your kids are going to hurt you. Husband, your wife is going to hurt you. Wife, your husband is going to hurt you. Boyfriend, your girlfriend is going to hurt you. Girlfriend, your boyfriend is going to hurt you. BFF, your other BFF, FF is going to hurt you. Church, your pastor is going to hurt you. But check this out. Pastor, your church is going to hurt you. You see what I'm saying? Like, however the door opens and closes, we are going to hurt each other because hurting people hurt people. Broken people break people. And even if it's not their intent, even if it's not what they want to do, y'all, we are imperfect people. That's why I I teach the way I teach. Some of my colleagues and friends that are pastors like, man, you're too transparent. I'm just like, I just want you to know so you're not surprised. I'm not perfect. So if I miss it, or I'm not there for you, or I didn't send the text at the appropriate time, or I didn't call you enough or text you enough, I just want you to know straight out of the gate, I'm not perfect. But neither are you. You see, the reality of it is, is people are going to hurt you, but you don't have to stay in that place of hurt. You see, the difference between people who make it and people who don't make it are people who say, you know what? I'm not going to live in this past or present hurt. Today is going to be a day that Jesus, I'm going to give it all to you and I'm going to let it go and I'm going to be all that you created me to be. Today is a day of freedom. Today is a day I take authority. Today is that day. Come on, if you feel that in your heart today, somebody give God a shout of praise. You see, bitterness is brokenness when it's left in a broken state. It's kind of like when you, you break your arm, if you've ever broken your arm. And the doctors want to put it in a sling and a cast, but you're like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to put it in a cast. And you leave it in a broken state. How many of you know it continually hurts? Because it doesn't heal. Now that would sound stupid that somebody would do that and not let their broken arm heal. And yet many of us at times, I've done this before, I have refused to let some hurts in my emotions or in my mind heal. And it's the same exact principle. And what happens is when you refuse to let that hurt heal, bitterness sets in. Pastor David, why are we talking about this? Because, oh, you'll see at the end of the service, 98% of us are walking through exactly what I'm preaching right now. 
In fact, what I'm doing right now is just assessing where we're at so that the Holy Spirit can speak through me to hit straight through right to what you're dealing with. Because let me tell you something. I don't have the words to heal you, but God can tonight. Let me tell you something. God can use a spokesperson tonight. Oh, man, if you'll just enter in and say, God, man, would you speak to me? Drop a nugget of truth in for me. Watch how God will go off script tonight, and he will speak to your heart. You see, brokenness, if we leave it broken, turn of all why Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31 says this get rid of all come on that's close to 30% of us come on get rid of all you know what we like we like to get rid of some bitterness I'm going to show you how it works in Miami this this is good y'all ready for this this is a 6 o'clock special no one else had this. Here's what, here's what we do in, in, in Miami. It just basically anywhere. But so, so we were hurt in a bad relationship. So we jump right into another relationship. But we never got healed from the last one. So now we're in a new one. And the old one is like a zombie. still creeping up. <laughs> and this new relationship here, and they're like, Yo, what, what's wrong with you? No, I'm good. And all of a sudden, that hurt comes up again because it never got healed. It's like, and we don't understand why we have some of the same cycles that are happening in our relationships. You don't understand why you have some of those mood swings. It's not your hormones, honey. It is that bitterness has gotten a hold of your heart. You don't understand. You're like, well, what's going on? It's that bitterness has gotten in your heart. And that's why some days you love him and some days you just want to tear his head off. That's why Ephesians says this, get rid of all of it. Get rid of all of it. Some of you were doing so good with God, but the enemy knew he still had a little trace of bitterness in you. So man, you took five steps forward in God. You took five steps forward in brave life. You took five steps forward with begin through. You took five steps forward in your faith. But man, the enemy knew, man, I'm going to keep just a little bit. Because if I can just keep one seed of bitterness in. But I've already forgiven so much. No, no, but all he wants is one seed left in your heart. Because if he can plant one seed, that one seed can become a tree again. And that one tree can produce many, 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 many more fruit. It can produce thousands and thousands and thousands more seeds. That's why it's so important tonight that we get to the root of bitterness i'm not interested in just cutting the branches off come on tonight god is ready to do some uprooting of bitterness Mm. i wish some men would get as excited as these women about this because men we've got it just as much as they do sup one I love one. You can't see him, but he can see you. Come on. Get rid of four says this. You got to get rid of it all. Come on, brave church. Get rid of all the bitterness tonight. What are you asking me to do, Pastor David? I'm asking you to go to that painful place that you've tried to forget and ignore. And it's going to be painful tonight. But if you'll let God have access to that painful place in your heart, some of you, what that's going to look like is tears going to begin to stream down your face even as I'm preaching. Some of you, you're going to have to deal with anger even right there as you're sitting there because you're going to wrestle. I don't want to forgive them. But come on, go to that painful place tonight and let God heal you tonight. Do you know why? Look what it says here. Get rid of all bitterness because if you don't get rid of bitterness, what happens? It produces rage. Anybody ever have some rage? Anger? I don't know why I get angry all the time. Because of bitterness. Harsh words. And slander. That's why we talk bad about people. Some of us are just addicted to talking bad about people. Slamming and slandering. You don't understand. It all traces back to that there's a seed of bitterness in you. As well as all types of evil behavior. All types of evil behavior. Like the many sinful things and the big sinful things. All the sinful things. Scripture says this. That all of the sinful behavior that happens in our city. That happens in your life. That happens in our family. The people that have hurt you the most. Scripture says that same seed is even inside of us. 
And the way we get rid of all of these things that we hate about ourselves, man, I don't know why I get so angry in traffic. Man, I don't know why when my kids do, I don't know why when my wife says, I don't know why when my husband, I don't know why when, man, it all traces back to this root called bitterness. And tonight, God's going to get it out of us once and for all. Tonight, God's going to heal us once and for all. I guess what I want you to understand is that some of us will say, well, how do you know when you're bitter, Pastor? How do I know if I'm bitter? Very good. Let me, let me show it to you. It's number three in your notes. You know you're bitter when you're blaming them for what you don't have and you're angry about what they do have. <laughs> when you're blaming them for what you don't have and you're angry about what they do have, you're bitter. So every one of us in this room right now, you know what that is for you. In families, sometimes in families, it looks like this, where you'll have a sibling and they'll say, man, you know, if mom and dad hadn't done that, then I wouldn't be here. If they had been fair, then I wouldn't be here. And then you begin to look at maybe even siblings like, man, I don't, I don't like that they're succeeding like, like this. I, I heard one sibling said that they were talking and, 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 and one of the, the siblings said, man, if mom, we were in a counseling session, if mom had treated me and loved me like she treated you and she loved you, then my life wouldn't have turned out this way. And look at you, you got your marriage and you got the kids and you got the quote unquote good life. And here I am, I'm single raising these kids all by myself. And if it, mom had treated me different and you had treated me different, I wouldn't have been in the situation that I'm in. And I'm talking about these are grown people, y'all. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking, I'm like, it's not your mama's fault. It's not your brother's fault. It's your fault. Because how many of you know we are the ones who choose what bed we lay in? Oh, oh, I know that there are some people that maybe you look at and like, well, man, they had it better off. But let me tell you something. There's somebody sitting in the aisle that you're sitting in that had it worse than you did. But they chose not to be bitter. They chose to be better. They chose not to be someone who's hurt. They chose to be somebody who's healed. And I declare tonight in the name of Jesus that all bitterness is being broken off of you tonight break up that there's healing in this place listen we've got to break off this victim mentality oh it's in our culture let me tell you it makes me sick to my stomach a victim mentality and some of us can i just go there come on tell me it's okay some of us are addicted to victim mentality you just love people feeling sorry for you so you air all your problems on social media and it's not because you want to get fixed or better you just want people's sympathy And tonight, let me tell you something. God wants to break victim mentality off of us. Because you're better than that. Who are you talking to, pastor? I don't know. No one in particular. This is just, we're going off script. People have been here all day. They know this is new. They're getting nervous right now. What's the pastor doing? What's he saying? Where's he going? Because here's the thing. You're better than a victim mentality. You're better than to blame somebody else. You're better than to blame a system. The potential and the power in you is better than to blame your mom or your dad or to blame what you didn't have. Listen, create some possibilities. Create something. Let God stir something inside of you, ma'am. Let God stir something. Oh, man, you didn't hear me today. I'm here to tell you that if all you have is Jesus, you have all that you need. Oh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shake off this victim mentality. I don't need nobody to do me a favor. I don't need anybody to open a door for me. I serve the God who created the door. My God is strong enough. He is great enough. Oh, man. I've seen more people who will align their life with God. And God will take a nobody from nowhere who has nothing. And he will set them up. And they will become leaders of leaders. Because they have said, my God will provide every single need. Mm. Mm. A victim mentality is a tool of the enemy to keep people down. 
Oh man, every time I see a man or woman of God in scripture, and it doesn't matter where they came from, what race they are, what their age was, listen to me, something inside of them shifted. Gideon was a victim and he's sitting in a cave scared to death. God sends an angel and he's like, Gideon, what are you doing? He's like, I'm the least of my tribe and my tribe is the least of my people. I'm a worthless, nobody, nothing. And God sends an angel and says, what are you talking about? I formed and created you, Gideon. You're not an accident. And the same God is here tonight saying, what are you talking talking about saying you can't saying you can't excel you can't be successful you can't go forward my god says i created you you see it happens in families happens in our own minds and you know what bitterness does it creates a fake reality it creates this fake reality that tells you that people are out to get you and I've seen even people offended at the church and offended at pastor. Can you imagine anybody being offended at me? Come on. I just offended somebody by saying that. Somebody who's like, man, I just can't believe that pastor david doesn't say hi to me and he doesn't do this and and man it just oh my gosh and i can't believe my brave life leader said that and i can't believe this and, and, and you don't even know but man they love you they pray for you what are you talking about? They don't hate you. They don't despise you. They give their life for you. But you know what bitterness does? It creates a fake reality. And what we do is we believe the fake reality. You see, bitterness, it blinds us. What, what, what I've learned in, in my life and what I've seen being a pastor for, for almost five years and being in ministry now for, for some time is that, that if we're not careful, let me just go here in the six o'clock service and just kind of lean in with church a little bit. If we're not careful... Church is a place of refreshing. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That's our heart. That's our goal here at Braves. That you'll come in here and you'll be refreshed. But if we're not careful, bitterness and offense will cause a place that used to be a place of refreshing. And now it's a place of bitterness. Somebody give me a, somebody give me a bottle of water. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. This is my bottle of water right here. So just imagine with me that this is church, right? Like this is church, and you, you come to church, watch this, and, and somebody invites you to Brave Church, and you're kind of going through your stuff, and, and, and now, like, you come to a, a worship service, and then, man, the worship band is up there, and you're like, ooh, I like that song. Oh, man, that's a place of refreshing. Oh, man, that song just refreshed my heart. Come on. Anybody ever been refreshed when you came to church, you know? And you're like, man, I just feel better. I feel stronger. Man, I know I can get through my week. I know that my God loves me. Oh, and then you come to church. Man, Pastor David is there. He preaches a message. And Pastor Christina, Pastor Slade. And man, woo! Man, I'm so refreshed. I'm so glad I came to church on a Sunday night. It's a place of refreshing. And then you go to a dinner party. And woo, man, I met some great, cool people refreshing now we we baptize you we marry you you have kids here you do life with people here and brave church is a place of refreshing how many of you wish you had a bottle of water right now And some of you, it's in relationships because you've been in relationship with people like you and your kids have been in the same sports. You come to each other's house and you've been best friends. And that friendship has been a place of refreshing. And then one thing happens. Your, your dinner party group was a place of refreshing. But someone in your dinner party said something that they really didn't even mean, but you took it the wrong way. And now all of a sudden, a place of refreshing now becomes a place of I can do that because it's the fire service. And, and now, watch this, watch this. A place, a friendship, a leader, a pastor, a place that used to be a place of refreshing is now a place you despise. That friendship used to be a friendship that, man, you used to hang out together as a place where, man, you encourage each other. Scripture says iron sharpens iron. But now when you see their post on Instagram, you're like, oh, I can't stand that person. And let me tell you something. Bitterness creates a fake reality. To where the place that God has planted you to be refreshing to you is now a source of offense to you because you let the brokenness from your past 
get to the heart of your soul. And now you can't see through your brokenness to get healed. And I see it happen with people all the time. I see people leave churches over a fence. I see pastors leave churches over a fence. Because y'all didn't know this. I don't have to be here either. And so people are like, I'm not going to Brave Church anymore. I'm not going to this church. Because it happens at every church. Every church in nature, it happens. I've seen pastors do it. They go in for two years and then somebody offends them. They're like, man, I'm not going to do this anymore. That's why pastors, do you know, they say that 85% of pastors quit within five years. You know, it comes down to a fit. A place of refreshing now becomes a place of bitterness. And the enemy always uses bitterness to kill and steal and destroy the purpose of God on your life. Pastor David, why are you sharing this tonight? This is just a warning so that you know when offense comes, not if, but when offense comes, you need to be able to identify and say, no way am I going to be offended. I know my pastor's not perfect, but I love him. This is my house. I'm planted. Oh, I know my friend's not perfect, but man, we've known each other for too long. We are going to work this thing Oh, I know the church isn't perfect, but guess what? God called me to be your pastor. And come hell or high water, this is where I'm going to preach. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to let the enemy steal my destiny. I'm not going to let him steal my purpose. Well, I don't like what the pastor preached that Sunday. That offended me. Build a bridge, get over it, and get closer to your purpose and destiny with God. All right, y'all, so I said I was going to teach this thing. So n- n- number, th- number, okay, we're there. Before I get to number four, let me just tell you why this is so important. How much time do I have? Y- y'all took time off my clock. Okay. Band, come up so I can finish. Listen, check this out. Can I have seven more minutes? Seven more minutes? Okay. If you live with bitterness in your heart, You'll start making false assumptions about everybody. So it's kind of like this. You were glad when somebody broke into your house and they showed up to help you. But then something happens in our culture. And because there's one bad cop who did something, now all cops are evil. Because there's a root of bitterness somewhere in your heart. And not one bad cop makes all cops bad. <laughs> can, can I keep going? Because if we're not careful, because we're going to break church is the church that goes there. Because this is where society lives. And you have to know that you have to understand that we even pick up stereotypes of people because we put assumptions and it's maybe even not out of our own bitterness because of your grandparents bitterness or your great grandparents bitterness so then we begin to think i heard someone on the news this week and they said we can't let these mexicans come in from mexico mexico to southern california because every one of these mexicans are going to join a gang that's a false assumption somewhere in that person's life is a root of bitterness so let me tell you something. Not all Native Americans are alcoholics. Not all white people are racist. Not all black people are whatever. Not all men are dogs. I was hoping there'd be some more men that would say, yeah. Too late. Stop. <laughs> Guys, the women never miss their cues. I don't know where dogs, but because I asked them like that. <laughs> not, not all men are dogs. But because a man hurts you, now that's the way you feel because you've made assumption about every man now because there's a state of brokenness in your heart. Hey, hey, gentlemen, not all women in Miami are money hungry. (laughs) We're just going to say it. You see, the, the reality of it is this. You will never get better being bitter you will never get healed if you choose to live in hurt you see bitterness it's so dangerous come on listen to me because it limits you it limits the God potential in you 
Bitterness limits your ability to dream. Bitterness limits your ability to date. It limits your ability to concentrate on your assignment in life. Bitterness limits your ability to be married and functional. Bitterness limits your interaction with your kids. Bitterness limits your, your calling at church. Bitterness limits how you even view God and trusting God. You see, bitterness is something that if it's left untreated, begins to grow and grow and grow and grow. That's why Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15 says this. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God look after each other that's why you need to get and begin next week that's why you need to join a dinner party before the semester ends and he says this watch out come on man this is like a warning this is god saying watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you because not only will it trouble you but it will corrupt many of the people that are around you come on bitterness is like a sniper and it shoots directly for your heart and it's looking for a way to get through your armor let me tell you something tonight your pastor is not your enemy there's no race that is your enemy the church is not your enemy a political party is not your enemy the enemy is not a color but there is refreshing water and its name is Jesus and tonight is a great night to say Jesus I want your refreshing water to fill my soul some of us tonight man you know it you're emotionally and mentally broke busted and disgusted but if you're not careful you will leave here and you will be happy just to continue drinking from the polluted water But what if tonight could be different for you? What, what if you could leave here tonight like you've always prayed and wished that you could leave? Well, Pastor, how do I get there? I'm so glad, so glad that you asked. Let me just break this down to you. Three minutes. Here's, here's another word, okay? I gave you the B word, bitterness. I'm going to give you another word. It's an F word. It's called forgive. Forgive. How, how, do I, how do I get healed from this bitterness? How do I get healed from this thing that ha- you've got to forgive? Some of you are wondering, like, why, why do I need to do Brave Life? Because this message, God spoke it to me straight out of Brave This is what Brave Life people are getting. That's why you need to get there. You, you've got to forgive. But, but pastor, come on, is that all you got, man? Like, like, that's what you're supposed to say, right? That's like the cliche answer. Not only because you didn't know what the, the question was. The reality of it is that the definition of forgiveness may look different to God than it does to you. Here's, here's how I define forgiveness. You, ready? you might want to write this down in your notes. Forgiveness, how you get free from bitterness, is simply this. Forgive the debt knowing that they'll never be able to pay it back. Forgiveness is canceling a debt. The person that hurts you, the person who walked out on you, the person who stabbed you, that betrayed you, the person that talks about it, you forgive them and you cancel the debt. And you say, you know what? Even if you tried to apologize, you don't have to because you can't pay me back for what I've given you. I forgive you, mom. I forgive you, dad. I forgive you boyfriend i forgive you ex-wife i forgive you ex-husband i forgive you fill in the blank i forgive you whoever abused you i forgive you whoever sexually abused you and took advantage of you i forgive you i forgive you and you don't even have to say you're sorry because you can never pay it back because of what jesus has done for me that's why in scripture it says this in Ephesians 4 because some of you are like pastor you don't understand what they did you don't understand what they did yeah but I don't understand what you did to Jesus either it has nothing to do with understanding the weight of it because Ephesians 4 verse number 32 it says this forgive one another not just the people you still like not just the people you still kick it with but it says forgive one another how just as God through Christ has forgiven you come on do you remember how you used to be before Jesus 
when I think about all the stuff that I did to Jesus. Come on, do you remember? Do you remember who you used to? Do you remember, remember how you used to think, how you used to act, how you used to, man, how you used to roll? And, and scripture says this that Jesus didn't even think twice about forgiving us. He hung up on that cross and he said, I love them so much. Even scripture says this, that even before we loved him, he loved us. He loved us so much that in the middle of our sin, aren't you so glad that Christ loved us? Not when we cleaned up, not when we said, get your act together first and then I'll love you. He said, no, in the middle of your mess, in the middle of your disgust, in the middle of your junk, I love you. I'm going to die for you. I'm going to pay for you because I love you. There's nothing you can do to pay me back there's nothing you can do to earn my love oh i love you oh i love you and jesus says that is the kind of forgiveness we are to use come on stand to your feet with me all over this room how do i get through this number number five come on let's go let's go there i'm gonna go there one more time you've got to stop dwelling and retelling do you know what we like to do sometimes we get offended we like to go home and call three people and tell them about how we're all offended. Come on, don't we? Come on. How many of you know, like, it's so easy to find three people who will be negative with us. It's like we feel like we have some kind of big accomplishment when we get someone to agree with our offense. It's not a big accomplishment. In fact, what you've done is you've stopped soaring with eagles and now you're just clucking around with the chickens. Too hard? I see some of you laughing. You really like that one. That was good. You're like, Pastor, touche. Good one. The reality of it is this. It's not hard to find someone who will agree with your offense. So what we do is we, we get offended and we call up three people. I can't believe that they said this or they did this. And they're like, oh, I know. I can't believe it either. And then you post it up on social media and you're naming them without naming them. But you're letting everybody know that you're upset. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and then the three people that you called to tell, they're all commenting. And you guys are commenting. To you. you got your own little pity party going on your own Facebook wall. back to that victim sympathy thing that we pull here's the reality how we get through bitterness is we've got to stop dwelling we've got to stop living in the hurt you've got to stop retelling how they hurt you come on i'm just getting there practically with you you got to stop talking about it to yourself on the way to work. You got to stop replaying it in your mind. Sometimes you just have to take your mind captive and say, stop it. I'm not going to go there anymore. Sometimes you just got to get a little Pentecostal. Come on, somebody. (laughs) All of our Baptist friends are just freaking out. I know I'm freaking out too, and I'm the one who said it. Sometimes you just got to get in your mind and say, devil, I am not going to think about that any longer. I take captive my mind. I'm going to think about things that are honorable and true and pure and trustworthy and filled with praise. That's what I'm going to fill my mind with. But we got to stop dwelling in the place of hurt. So, Pastor, what do I do? Because I feel like I just got to get it out. I got to tell somebody because it just hurts so bad. All right, I'm going to tell you what you need to do. Three things, right? Here we go. Number one, if you're offended, number one, you ready? You got to shut up. Did you just tell us to shut up? Yeah. Like, shut up. Sometimes I tell myself, David, shut up. Because you don't want to do? Why get offended by y'all? Because I know y'all are perfect, but sometimes I want to call one of my spiritually. I can't believe it. Uh, uh. And I've learned, I've had to discipline myself. And I actually took this from one one of our overseers, Pastor Russell Evans. You know what he told me? He said, David, I feel like you call me more than you talk to God. Boom. So that leads me to number two. When you get offended, number one, shut up. And number two, then start talking to God. Hey, God, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. God, I ask you to keep my heart pure. God, I just ask that you would help me not to believe fake news. Come on. God, I pray that you would help me not to, not to see them the way 
this offense sees them, God. I know that this has been a place of refreshing. I know that this, this, this marriage has been a place of refreshing, and I'm offended at my wife or my husband, but I know that this has been a place of refreshing. So I refuse to see them through the eyes of bitterness. I refuse to see my church any other way than the place of refreshing. I refuse to see my leaders any other way than a place of refreshing. I refuse, God. I pray, Lord, that you would help me to see through this offense and get through to the victory. And number three, let me just give it to you this way. If you want to go another step, if you've been offended by somebody, you need to email them, call them. Now, use discretion because some people, you just need to cancel that debt and say, I cancel it, and I know they'll never make it right, so I cancel it. But you may need to just like call them and say, hey, can we meet for a minute? Because 90% of offense is misunderstanding. Some of y'all, after Thanksgiving, need to call someone in your family and say, hey, can we just meet up for some coffee? (laughs) Because you left Thanksgiving bitter. And just say, hey, listen, you offended me. I don't know if that's how you meant it or not, but this is how I took it. And man, this relationship means more to me than this offense, so help me get through this. And let God do some healing in some relationships. Do you know some of my strongest friends on the planet are people that I've had tension with that if I had not gone to them, we would no longer be talking. But because I went to them or they came to me and there was some tension and some friction, we worked through it. And now you know what that brings? Greater trust. You know what that brings? Greater confidence. You know what that means? Now I understand them more because I didn't know they thought that way. You know what that brings? That brings victory. Here's the reason why. Watch this. The enemy's greatest weapon against a church, against a family, against a society is division. That's why you see division, the enemy trying to divide your family. That's why you see him dividing races. That's why you see right now just such division with political parties. It is crazy. And the enemy's greatest weapon against us is division. And the reason why, because he knows God's greatest weapon is unity. Because God understands if I can get a group of people in this room who can come under some unity. Listen, what I love about Brave Church, come on, I'm going to close right now. What I love about Brave Church is it doesn't matter where you come from, what color skin you've got, how much money you have or don't have, how much education you have. In this place, this is a place we can unite under the cross of Jesus Christ. That we can come together and we can worship together and say in this moment... We are united as one. And let me tell you something. A church united is, is unstoppable. I didn't even realize it until the end of this day today. This is the last service of today. You know what the enemy wants to do with Brave Church? He wants to cause division. Because he feels what's happening in our city. Lives are being transformed through this church at a greater pace than its 52 year history. It's unbelievable what's happening. People around the globe are looking at you and they're seeing lives being changed and they see a movement growing in Miami. And let me tell you, the devil sees it too. And he doesn't want Miami to be reached. He doesn't want your friends and family to be found the hope of Jesus Christ. So you know what he's going to do? He's going to try to divide you from this house. But I cancel it in the name of Jesus. Tonight, we are unstoppable. We will push back the gates of hell in Miami. I declare revival in this city in Jesus name come on if you're here today I'm not going to ask you to bow your head or close your eyes and you say pastor tonight I want to leave bitterness here here in this room I don't want to take it home with me tonight I need God to heal me of bitterness come on lift your hand as high as you can come on you're in this room look I told you I told you man this is what God's been doing all day every service four services all day today two locations you see the power of this you see the power. You wonder why we, we struggle at times. This is it right here. We got bitterness. We got unforgiveness. We got hurt that we haven't been able to get healed. In the name of Jesus tonight, I ask God that you would heal every heart, heal every emotion, heal every person in this room. Come on, lift up your hands. Begin to ask God, Lord, heal my heart. God, would you heal me? Would you restore me tonight, God? Lord, would you heal me? God, would you heal me? Someone someone in this room, even right now, God is just releasing you of that parent that hurt you. I know you're a grown adult with your own kids, but even right now, God is healing you. He's restoring you. Right now, you're beginning to dream again. Creativity is beginning to flow again because bitterness is 
of you. Tonight, in the name of Jesus, I declare freedom. 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 In Jesus' name. Listen. Come on, would you close your eyes and lift up your hands all across this room in a sign of surrender. Come on, all across this room, say, Jesus, I forgive. I release them. Now, come on, right there where you are, I want you to get their face in your mind. Come on, as I'm looking across this crowd, man, there are tears streaming down faces. Come on, God is healing. God is healing. God is healing. God is healing. God, I release them. I forgive them. I release them. They created insecurity in you because of what they said to you, what they said about you. But tonight, you're releasing them. I'm not holding them again, holding it against them any longer. I release them. They weren't fair in how they treated me, but I released them. I was a young child and they took advantage of you, but tonight, I release them. I release them. Come on, even in this room, God is beginning to restore. He's healing. He's healing. Man, I can feel the healing power of God being released in this room. Tonight is a turnaround kind of a night for somebody in this room. God is turning things around. Even right here, right in front of your eyes, he's turning things around. Come on, lift up your hands one more time. Say, God, tonight I cancel every root of bitterness in my life. And tonight I declare that I'm free. Tonight, I declare that I'm free. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give me your God. Shout out. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.